Hello, frequent flyers, and welcome to Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. I'm your host, David Walsh, and I talk to some of Australia's top points collectors. We dive into their backgrounds, stories, redemptions, and of course, their best hacks. What do you do when you've booked a massive family trip to Europe using points and things start to fall apart? Ed Alder, who's joining us today, found out the answer to that question firsthand. It's a pretty insane story to hear. Definitely recording. All right, Ed. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks, Dave. Good to be here. Yeah. So, uh, it's a, a sunny day in Melbourne, which is the first one we've seen in a little while. Great to have you here. So, the reason we got you on the Points of View podcast is, well, A, you're a, you're a frequent flyer nut. You have more points than I think anyone else <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and you had a, a trip to Europe recently with your family where you know things just, just went wrong. Um, so, we really want to explore you know, what, what the trip was, uh, how you booked it, but then when things started going wrong, how did you fix missed flights and missed connections using points? Um, Absolutely. So, thought I'd start off, start off by just introducing you to the audience. Um, who are you? What do you do? What's a bit of your background? Cool. Thanks, Dave, and, uh, and good to be here. Yeah. So, uh, my background is uh, Charlie Camp by background, but uh, avid traveler. So, left uh, home when I was 17 and Lived in the UK as soon as I could uh, get out of high school. At 17? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, always been addicted to travel. And obviously, if you're addicted to travel, you're addicted to frequent fly points. Because <laughs> uh, when I went away then, it was, what, over 20, 23, 24 years ago. But uh, all the programs were just starting. And I remember back then, one of the first things I did was made sure I, even back then, you know, got a Qantas mm. frequent fly card, got the points whenever we took, took flights because... Every time you fly, it's a chance to chance to earn points for some valuable rewards. Absolutely, I imagine your uh, your frequent flyer number is pretty short with Qantas. Yeah, I think I'm five, five, five yeah, digits. Yeah, five digits. I, I know I'm six, and yeah. I was a member since '91. You know, yeah, when I was yeah, so. a grand total of two years old. So, yeah, uh, so it is very it is on the lower side of numbers. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so you so sort of travel is what got you into to frequent flyer points, obviously at, at a young age. Um, when did you really start paying attention to points? Well, I started paying attention to points when I had the opportunity to start probably hacking mm. uh, the credit cards. So I was working with Ernst Young in London, working in Moscow for a three-month period where yeah. there's a team of six of us flying out every uh, Sunday night back every Friday, consulting gig. And I quickly realized with the British Airways Amex card, if I booked the five or six staff on my card, mm. which obviously got reimbursed for, yeah. and because the flight was longer than three and a half hours, it was a business class airfare, I could quickly start racking up a lot of points. I bet. Yeah, so that that sort of was a way where I quickly unlocked outside of the bonuses you get when you crack on to a new card mm. was by booking, booking flights, but particularly when you start booking them in business class, which obviously I never would pay for and can't afford one but uh, <laughs> try and hack it out frequent flyer sites that really starts supercharging my points i bet uh, with an amex ba card and obviously ba being one world mm. i was able to then fly uh, on a honeymoon f- to mexico business class return which you know at, um you know we've never ever been able to pay for that uh, out of cash so wow was that, was that your your first business class points redemption no actually i had an amazing uh, point redemption uh, i think it was second year uni so this would have been going back to about the year 2000. Qantas used to offer a 
I think it was an eight stop around Australia trip. Mm. And for 30,000 points, you could do business class. So oh, wow. in the junior, sorry, in the middle uh, university holidays in June, July, I managed to go with a friend of mine. We flew up to Alice Springs. We did um, over to Sydney, up to Cairns, and actually uh, went up to Thursday Island, which, mm. you know, that was a business class flight because it's just a tiny plane, but that leg from Thursday Island to Cairns is one of the most expensive uh, flights Qantas operates. It's only mm. one a day or yeah. maybe even one, maybe even three a week. Mm. And that was an amazing value. Uh, it only existed probably for a short period of time. I think eventually they realized, hang on, this is probably not, we're losing money. <laughs> not the best one. But um, yeah, there's a couple of, um, you know, 20-year-olds at the time. Uh, that was a great hack. Yeah, I bet. I mean, when you get a hack like that, you really feel like you're winning. Oh, it was ridiculous. I mean, you're sitting there, you know, in your uh, university students at the front of the plane. It was, uh, it was. yeah, people sort of thought, you know, must have robbed a bank or something. But uh, <laughs> no, we just hacked it out. So I've been, you know, that's... Going back, uh, you know, 20, 25 years ago, yeah. uh, I've been involved in uh, in trying to, you know, hack the system and work out uh, how best to um, use frequent flyer points to get the rewards. Absolutely. I mean, like, uh, I can imagine that you've probably flown first class using points. Yeah, my first first class experience was, I think, around two years ago. So then I, for point hacks, uh, went over to Europe mm. and... Uh, I did an Eddie hat on the triple seven, and then the best redemption was definitely the Emirates A three eighty. Oh that yeah, was extraordinary with Beautiful. the shower and um, I think there's maybe eight to ten seats in the first class cabin, and I think from Barcelona to Dubai, which isn't actually a long flight, it's only about four and a half five five hours. Mm. There was only I think two of us, um, and then Barcelona to sorry Dubai to Singapore again. There was only two of us, and and yeah, they set up one cabin in the bed and one cabin for food and drink oh so you just switch between them switch between the two it's crazy um (laughs) that's some next level first class service right there yeah and i think the big difference with the middle east airlines and singapore is their quality of um probably food and beverages a standard up i have done Qantas on the a380 uh last year which was probably the best bed in the sky as Mm. as as a lot of our reviews say on point hacks yeah but yeah Qantas's wine on those types of uh, on those legs it's still very very good but it's it's very young wine it's 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 stuff you can maybe buy at dan murphy's for 45 50 bucks emirates singapore eddie had you know they're pouring 1990 wine champagne at, at at one 150 250 plus so if you enjoy trying some pretty amazing wines it's it's that's one of the best experiences of first class. Absolutely. I, I know how much you love your wines on these trips. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So a couple of, couple of quick fire questions for you. What's your frequent flyer program of choice at the moment? My program is actually Amex because it enables me to go into a lot of programs. Mm. So I'd answer it that way. But in terms of ability to redeem, at the moment, it's definitely Singapore. I've had a lot of uh, maybe luck, but also just, if you plan ahead, there is plenty of availability for Singapore, which we'll get onto with uh, my family trip this year. Fantastic. And just, just between you and me, how many millions of points do you have? It's a few. It's a few. It's a few. Um, I know you're, you're, um, you, you've got a lot of business expenses that you put through um, yeah. credit cards, which, which certainly helps. That, that helps. And, 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 that's, and that really is where we probably see for our clients who are business owners. Mm. They're the ones that are able to rack up the... The crazy amounts but it's all done within um 
optimizing their expenses and, and using using the cards and using the programs that they're there to be available. And we only have to have a look at how much money Velocity and Chris Flyer and Qantas Frequent Flyer make to know that uh, we'd have to worry. They're making plenty of money. Oh, if anything, they, yeah. they want us to spend more because the more they spend, the more they make, or the more businesses spend, the more they make. So it's it's a it's one of those great situations where, in effect, everyone wins. Yeah, brilliant. So let's talk about those you know millions of points that you have at the moment. So you put them to good use earlier this year. And you you booked a pretty epic trip. Yeah, I was I was very on the ball with this because um, three kids, uh, and obviously my wife. It was her fortieth birthday in the middle of this year, mm-hmm. so I actually the year before started doing a lot of research into the day that the flights opened, but I quickly realised that there was no chance of getting. Um, maybe an economy seat, but I wanted to try and get a premium cabin. There mm-hmm. was even no chance with Qantas. And at that stage, I was a platinum frequent flyer of getting even a plat, even a premium economy seat. Even they, with even with platinum, they just they, you know they're very strategic around the release, and they look they have opened up more seats in the last few months with mm, the with the uh, changes with the changes. But back then, there really was very little, and so I spent a lot of time um, at night on the phone finding call center assistants that would actually tell me some information. Mm. And when I did that, I found that particularly Emirates, if you're going, we were going to Europe, mm-hmm. was fantastic for the coming home leg because they did Athens to Dubai, Dubai, Melbourne. So I came across, say, um, one of the uh, Emirates call center staff who let me know conveniently, and you know, she wasn't telling me anything too much inside, yeah. that on an A380, they have around any, on every flight, around 12 business class seats. Mm. So I quickly realized, well, hang on, I better get these Amex points Um into Emirates, which you can transfer at a two-for-one rate, depending mm. on your card, yes. um, yep. et cetera. So I locked in quickly the Athens to uh, Melbourne, which we'll go into. didn't actually end up going to plan. <laughs> but that was fantastic because I thought, well, um, uh, my wife's family is from the UK, so we went to the UK first and yeah. work our way back down to Athens and it's yeah. the shortest way home out of Europe. Mm-hmm. And, and that was in business? That was in business. Yes. And, uh, don't worry, when the kids are old enough, they're going to the back <laughs> like I did. <laughs> Someone uh, else's problem, right? <laughs> yeah, correct. Uh, and then going there, I was I was struggling because uh, Emirates just that there was the odd flight that had maybe two or three. Uh, but then I came across Chris Flyer's two different types of redemption, which I wasn't aware of. Mm. So they've got a saver or a standard. So saver is their lowest point for a seat redeem, uh, and standard is hovers between ten and. 30 to 40% more. So they're saying, well, if you give us more points, we'll release a frequent flyer seat. But the hack I used, I had a lot of points in ANZ Rewards program. And mm. they every probably three to four times a year do a, a 30% top up if you transfer into velocity. Mm. So the delta between saver and standard on Singapore can be covered by being smart by transferring your points. That's when, a pretty good hack. Yeah, when the 30% uh, yeah. bonus is done. It's actually on this month at the moment. So I moved um, a lot of points into Velocity and then Velocity, you can do instant redemption into Singapore, which then enabled me to unlock, I think three or four seats uh, up to Singapore on the saver and one or two on the standard. Mm. Uh, that got us into Singapore on a day flight, which is great. So the kids um, you know, didn't have to worry about sleeping. But then another great hack is that Singapore offer one of the only day flights from uh, Southeast Asia to Europe, which is goes into London. Mm. So you leave Singapore at 9.30, 10 a.m. and you arrive into the UK at around 2.30 in the afternoon. It's a fantastic flight because your body goes to sleep UK time. You wake up and 
you're already sort of semi onto their time zone. You get through Heathrow at a fairly, um, no, I wouldn't call it rapid pace, but not as hectic as the yeah. 6.30, 5.30 a.m. flights that all go. From, the sooner you can get out of Heathrow, the better. Yeah, and then you can get straight into your hotel. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to do, you don't have to dump your bags and then walk around like a zombie till two o'clock. So, and our jet lag was minimized to probably the best I've ever had flying um, from the um, east to west. It was amazing. It was probably a couple of nights where the kids and myself got up early, but then they were snapped straight into it. So, it was a yeah great experience, and uh, had the A three eighty over to uh, London and Singapore's service is just absolutely um, you know first class. Oh yeah, so it means known for it. Yeah, yeah. So so what was your itinerary all up? So you went. So Mel- we went to Melbourne, Singapore, overnighted day flight to London. Mm-hmm. Then we used Qantas points um, in to British Airways. We went from London down to Pisa. Then from Pisa to Athens, we used uh, Amex points that we transferred into Etihad because Etihad owns Air Italia, which they probably regret doing because it's costing them <laughs> a lot of money. But we are able to get from Pisa to Rome, Rome to Athens. Yeah. Uh, and then we just bought the flight to the island, which uh, is sort of when we're, everything unraveled coming home. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like an absolutely epic trip, especially the, the way that you hacked those flights over and some of the flights back. Yeah. Um, what was before we get into what went wrong? What was the highlight? Like, what was the number one thing you'll take away from that trip? In terms of flying, in terms of just enjoy, oh. enjoying yourself, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, look, we stayed at a pretty epic hotel in uh, called Hotel Pelicano, which uh, it's on the coast in Tuscany, and it's absolutely out of control. It's mm. it's a um, pretty crazy hotel. So that was my wife's fortieth birthday present. So. Let's get into the nuts and bolts of this. Things went wrong. Yeah, they went wrong coming home. So it's very the Greek islands are renowned for delays. Going from Athens out to Zakynthos was no dramas. Actually, we were pretty much on time. Um, the travel agent we booked the flights through Flight Centre. Um, I actually cashed in Amex points for a Flight Centre voucher, mm. which probably wasn't the best use of points. But hey, look, it it, it meant I didn't have to pay cash. So you know, mentally, it felt better. And yes, the travel agent said, "Look, it's a it's an island. Um, there is some, there can be delays. But coming back, we left ourselves four hours uh, for a delay. We then got to Sakynthos Airport and noticed that we we're on a one o'clock flight. That the nine a.m. flight was only just leaving at twelve o'clock. <laughs> so instantly, so warning signs, right? Yeah, instantly I went, "Hang on, there's there's a problem here." And what I then found out was that a lot of the airlines that operate the Greek islands, they island hop and they're on island time. Uh, then, uh-huh. yeah. So we ended up getting we were I had sweaty palms because I'm sitting there with about three hours to go, calculating that if you don't check in within 90 minutes, Emirates will cancel the tickets, and I would lose close to 250, actually more, probably 400,000 points. Wow. So I rang Emirates, who were to be honest, fantastic. They said. If you don't think you can be here, the best thing to do is to cancel because we'll refund the points mm. and get your taxes back. Yep. So we had to make the gutsy call to cancel. And then they, whether or not they bent the rules or were kind, they managed to actually get us on the next Emirates flight, which there's two a day. It was a four-hour wait in Athens Airport, which was which was fine. Uh, we got on the uh, Emirates plane down to Dubai. Uh, they were economy seats. So it was fine. It's only a three-and-a-half, four-hour flight. Mm. But the, that's when I was like, how are we going to get back to Melbourne? Because we're 
apparently that period is the busiest two or three days of travel back into Australia because it's the end of the school holiday, of June, July school holidays. Mm-hmm. So we were in big strife because Emirates were telling me that there was literally every plane, whether it was to Perth, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, was All full. Wow. And, but I thought if I get ourselves to Dubai, I open up my options because then I've got uh, Singapore, yeah. I've got points in Amex, I can yeah. transfer anywhere. You're and in a real hub in Dubai. Yeah, you're in a hub. It's either try from Emirates to get – the other option was to go back to London, mm-hmm. but we just didn't want to backtrack because we thought, let's just try and somehow get ourselves geographically closer to Australia. <laughs> and then I then while we were doing that, I was tapping on the computer looking at Singapore from Dubai to Singapore and thinking maybe it's not that busy a flight. And unbelievably, there was five business class airfares. Business um, class. So I went, wow. I snapped those up. I quickly got on the phone to Amex um, and being having a premium card, they said you've got $5,000 of emergency travel assistance. So mm. uh, we booked a hotel near the airport. You know, I've obviously paid for transfers and some food allowance. And because then when I could get back to Singapore, I'm thinking, well, if I'm into Singapore, the worst, the worst case, you just buy five seats and get back home. Yeah, you just, you just cop it. You just cop it. And I then uh, was on the phone to Singapore constantly telling them the story. And the lady said to me, if you can get us the points – We'll get you down to Melbourne on a. They had an A380 running in the peak season from Melbourne to Singapore, yeah. which is uh, commonly a triple seven, which has obviously less availability. And they again got us five business class airfares. Which, so <laughs> somehow one we travelling in the busiest period of the year, but got um, got back twenty four hours later. Kids missed one day of school, and yeah. we, had a, we had a you know, and got back a, business class. Got back business class. But the key to that, and definitely for our audience. The stress was that I only had a certain amount of points in velocity, which I could quickly, instantly get into Chris Flyer, which mm. got us from Dubai to Singapore. But the big stress is that I then was out of velocity points and I had to then get Amex points into Chris Flyer. Mm. But it takes, it's not instant and it can take up to 24 to 48 hours. And I was literally in Singapore airport with. Mm. Uh, my second oldest son, the three had gone, had checked through and gone because I thought, just get them home. Yep. And the points dropped only two hours before um, we flew. So wow. it was that tight. Yeah. So I was, I was sitting, basically, I was on the phone to Amex. I said, don't worry, it's in the system. It will drop in the next half an hour. Yeah. And uh, that was the big lesson. That if I, There's a couple of takeaways. One is have your points spread mm. because it gives you, have them in a program because you'll use them within the three-year limit or whatever the expiry date is because then you've instantly got access to them. And secondly, if you are connecting to a frequent flyer flight, um, and it wouldn't really matter if you're in Greece or in Germany, or if you're having a connection which isn't ticketed to that ticket, yep. go a day early because it's just not worth the stress. Yep. Uh, Athens, actually, we had a fantastic uh, first day in Athens, the great restaurants and great vibe in the city. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, if to do it again, I'll just always make sure that you leave yourself um, at least a day. So I mean, it's a good point, really, because if you're flying with frequent flyer points, you're you're not like the cost isn't isn't through the roof to to give yourself that extra day's worth of leeway. I mean, sure, you've got some hotel expenses and you know just the the cost of living, um, but it's not like you're booking a, a return trick a ticket with with Qantas where you know they'll give you a cheap cheaper price by doing it. Um, you know the the distance with frequent flyer points is based on the war chart, so you you might as well 
um, give yourself a little bit of extra time, especially if you're um, doing, you know, a trip from a Greek island. Yeah, and you just and you and one thing you learn is that once you cancel those flights, you're cooked. You yeah, I've got a leg to stand on. Emirates were very understanding and yeah, you know, super polite. Just you know, asking them for any help given the circumstances. And look, generally, most humans are pretty kind. So whether or not there was a bit of uh, grey in releasing seats for us given the circumstances. I don't know, but all I know is that um, it is possible. you just got to be super prepared and you've got to be able to think quickly on your feet and work out how to get out of it. But next time we did it or do a trip like that, I just budget a bit more time and look, um, yeah, it's a great great place to spend in big cities around the world anyway day. So there's not, yeah, there's plenty of worse things to do than hang around Athens for a day. And I, we should have taken that opportunity. Absolutely. It is, it is a great city. Well, one, one thing I'm picking up on in the story, which... Um you know, a lot of people might not think to do is that, you know, you're clearly on the phone with a lot of these companies when you're trying to get this stuff sorted. You're not, you're not trying to go through the web chat. You're actually calling up and talking to someone. Absolutely. That's the key. And if you're in a high um, status with Qantas, you can get through quickly if you're platinum or platinum one or whatever. Um, if you're bronze or silver or even gold, it can take forever. But a lot of the other airlines, particularly um, Emirates, I actually had to call me the other day because I had a query about a trip I'm planning next year. Hmm. You get through to someone within, I reckon, less than three minutes. Singapore yeah. is the same. So a lot of these um, big international airlines, they've got very well-resourced call centers. They're, they're, uh, maybe they don't have as much inbound uh, traffic. So it's actually easy to chat to them and they don't charge any you know, surcharges like Qantas do if you yeah. over the phone a lot. I mean, that's, that's a good takeaway. Don't be put off by giving these companies a call because you know, we, we all know, well, at least well, most of us that have low, lower status, know the wait times with Qantas can be just astronomical through oh, the roof 60 plus minutes so. oh ab- absolutely and then some um so it, it's great takeaway to know that you know these other airlines typically you know at least from your experience have some lower wait times so is there any other advice you'd give to someone around you know what to do when things go wrong the best advice is to have if you have got a lot of points mm. and for a lot of say particularly business owners that do is before you fly look at your options if there's going to be a problem and just have backup plans. Yeah, plan up, like because, plan B. I mean, yeah. we were 15 minutes from missing a connection. Uh, we would have stayed in Singapore overnight because the next day there was availability in all classes. So my son and I would just spend the night in Singapore. Mm. But just have them in, have, I would always have a lot in velocity. And the other tip is as much as I love flying Qantas and customer service is generally good and, and obviously great uh, safety record, is that Qantas is a tough one to redeem at in peak periods. Mm. And while it has improved, uh, you, that is why I always say have plenty of AMX points, have plenty of ANZ rewards, altitude, Westpac altitude points, so that you've got the ability to transfer it into air miles, Malaysian Airways. Uh, and obviously I'm a big fan of AMX because you can go into a couple of the Middle East airlines that have high redemption availability. And they also give you access to some of the US airlines, which again have more availability than, than Qantas. So just to, to round everything off, epic trip that's in the uh, in the rearview mirror at the moment. What's what's the next big one for you and the family? Yeah, look, I'd love to uh, go to Lapland. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, I'm researching to go how to get into Scandinavia. Uh, it looks like for us, the the best option will be again either Singapore or Emirates already had. Uh, I also like um, mixing the airlines up because they'll have different. And a different systems, products, yeah. different products, and it's great testing that. So, yeah, I've got a boys' uh, golf trip next year in May, which I'm going to um, take the Qantas 
A380 first class over to London because I want to see if that what the new um, it's had a slight adjustment. Mm. Uh, hopefully that plane has been upgraded. You never know, but I'll oh, fingers yeah. crossed. And then I'm going to take Singapore from um, London to Singapore A380 first. So hopefully we've got the new suites and mm. I'll do do some photos for Point X. Oh, that, we've yeah, already yeah. reviewed it. Amazing suites. And then yeah, coming back from Singapore to Melbourne, I don't care because it's a day flight. I'm happy to sit anywhere. Yeah. And uh, but the Scandinavian one will be interesting. So we're going to try and hack out into Scandinavia. Um, there's a few different options around um, Christmas time with yeah. Lapland and, and obviously the Northern Lights and then try and see if we can either go back via the UK or, or somewhere down to, to Europe and again see. I'll look at all the options with Amex and look at all the options with um, all the different programs to find out how those parts of the world work too because it's new for me. I've never been there so it'll be quite interesting to see what happens. But it looks like Singapore goes direct into Helsinki and I think um, Emirates does Maybe they do Helsinki, Stockholm, and one other. So there's a few options, but again, with five of us around um, December time. Doesn't make it easy. Yeah, we're going to have to plan. So I think the flight's open in January, but it's actually more um, that time of year for Lapland Northern Lights is is ridiculously busy. So we're currently looking at it now. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be an absolutely amazing trip. And I'm sure (laughs) based on last year, um, you'll be planning your plans uh, B through through F at the same time to say, okay, well, it, well, if the trip back goes wrong, I can fly by like, here, 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 and here. I'll be leaving a day in advance. So that, 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 that's the mitigant too. You, yeah. just, you always have a day. And if you're flying out of a great city in Europe or America- Always something ta- to do. Yeah, there's always something to do. And I think the only other tip is just to have lots of programs running at the same time. It's amazing the amount of friends and family and, and guys and girls that we speak to are so obsessed by Qantas. Mm. Uh, you need to- take that away from you and realize that Velocity is a fantastic program and Amex is a great program and, and the bank's proprietary programs are getting better and better because they're adding more airlines on all the time and they often have these spot top-up bonuses and just keep your points in in all different programs for um, all different opportunities because the more programs, the more redemption you've got. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the more you pay attention to the frequent flyer game, the more op- options and opportunity you have to, to get these amazing redemptions. That's right. So Ed, thanks for thanks for joining the podcast today, and thanks for telling us your story. Um, good luck on the next trip, and uh, hopefully, I won't be uh, recording again in a year's time to uh, to hear what went wrong on that one. <laughs> cool, thanks, Dave. <laughs> thanks, Ed. That's it for today's episode of Points of View, the Point Hacks podcast. Remember to visit pointhacks.com.au for more frequent flyer deals, guides, and tips. I'm David Walsh, and don't forget to subscribe.